0: Hi, Craig Folly here. This is Deadline Detroit, the week that was on the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit, and as usual, I have Nancy Derringer and Alan Lengel from Deadline Detroit here to talk about the news of the week, the stuff that uh, has been getting headlines and, and attention on Deadline Detroit. And this is not something that was exclusive to us, but huge news coming out of uh, coming out of the federal courts yesterday, mm-hmm. upholding a challenge to Michigan's. Uh, State Senate district lines suggesting that Michigan was uh, the victim of a partisan gerrymander. Mm -hmm. Almost 10 years ago. Shocking. Shocking, Absolutely. Uh, Anybody that's looked at the lines around the state Senate districts and the congressional districts here knows that something was a little amiss here. But a three-judge panel unanimously, unanimously suggested that Michigan's were a partisan gerrymander and basically told the Supreme Court – Please listen to us on this issue, because the Supreme Court is looking at another gerrymandering case, two of them, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're looking at a potential special election here for all of the state Senate seats. So 38 seats could be impacted by this, and this could fundamentally alter the state of Michigan politics. Right, oh, right. absolutely. Almost it's about time. Will. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It <laughs> is it's kind of time. nice to know oh. that, that maybe the districts will be drawn so that, you know, there might be a choice there.
1: Well, you know, I mean, this has been pointed out time and again. You cannot call a district gerrymander just by looking at it. You have to because there's so many things that go into, you know, drawing district lines. You have to think of communities of interest and, you know, it's, there, there's county, you know, there's all kinds of stuff that goes into it. I can't get into all of it right now. But it was I think I believe they actually said this was a particularly blatant and egregious case of it. And, well, the, you emails, know, the, the emails, the emails, I was just going to say, the emails help. that came out uh, during this thing, and the uh, the dem garbage. Let's put all, put all the dem garbage here, and you know that yeah. was just a big middle finger to Sandy Levin, and you know they were just. It's, it's like the the takeaway for this for some people should be. Don't write stuff down. You know, it's like do the mafia thing, you know, where you only meet people in person or only talk through... Wait, wait, use the crypt, use don't, the cryptic don't take apps. any notes. Don't take notes. Exactly. <laughs> use use the cryptic
2: apps notes. there. Here's, you know, here's here's part of the, the ruling yesterday. It says, today this court joins the growing chorus of federal courts that have in recent years held that partisan gerrymandering is unconstitutional. And then it goes on to say that the 1st and 14th Amendment rights are are diluted. It deliberately dilutes the power of their votes by placing them in districts that were intentionally drawn to ensure a particular partisan outcome in each district. And, I mean, it seems so criminal. I mean, it it almost should be a, a criminal act to be that blatant and try to manipulate the voting. I mean, what's the difference between, I mean, maybe Russia could help with the gerrymandering. (laughs) Well, it was bad. And if you look at the way the districts were drawn, I mean, just any look at
0: the map and you're like, oh, they found a way to exercise, you know, to take Pontiac away from the equation for the rest of Oakland County, the towns that surround it, and curl it, do a little curly Q around to make sure it's (laughs) included with, you know, a big section of Detroit Mm -hmm. and then the gross points, which... If you are a Republican, well, we're at a gross point, about a you con- don't have a chance to vote for a candidate you would like to support. You, I mean,
1: we're uh, t- are we talking about the, Congre- the U.S. Well, the, congressional the, districts or the, the or well, the. State? I'm talking
0: about all. They're all bad.
1: Yeah, they are. All, they they're are all bad.
0: bad. Now, this actually only that impacts one in the particular. Yeah.
1: Now, the weird thing about this
0: is, though, is these people were elected to four-year terms. Now they've got to run in a special after only two. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think the Republicans are, are going to find their large majority. Probably cut down by a few.
1: How many uh, percentage points did Gretchen Whitmer win by? Nine, I believe. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And even Dana Nessel, you know, who was uh, probably the least mainstream statewide candidate, was able to pull it out. So. You know, the blue wave was absolutely reality in Michigan last fall and if it can be sustained, uh you're right. It's gonna upend the entire well, and,
0: and I'm not even looking at a wave. I just, you know, I, I think that most people would like to live in a district where there's at least a semblance of competition. Mm-hmm. Um where people actually have to work for your vote. Mm-hmm. Um sure. and, and there are also some who argue that, you know, by having more uh, evenly drawn districts, you're going to get more mainstream candidates. It doesn't allow the fringes on either side to emerge because you've got to appeal to a broader base. Right, exactly. That's, well, it just seems so unfair.
2: it's just so unfair. Them. The whole concept is just so unfair, and that it's it's been like this for so long. Well, well and, 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 and we're at the end of
0: the cycle here, so they basically got eight years out of this. But yeah. I mean, it was clearly their intent to make sure that they had a Republican majority for a long time here in Michigan, especially mm-hmm. in the state Senate, right. and and. You know, when you look at the voting population, just say you split it fifty-fifty, one party should not then win. You know, two-thirds of the seats, <laughs> right. right?
1: And that's one of the tests for um, whether whether a district is uh, is gerrymandered. There's there's I think three statistical tests on this, uh, but one of them is the I believe uh, what do they call it? Where they talk about wasted votes. Um, you know, if you if you if a if a state is basically purple, as Michigan is. It should have a purple legislature and not a bright red one, which is what we have had for the last eight years, ten years, eight absolutely. Years. Yeah.
0: Uh, and and uh, the interesting thing about this though is this special election is going to happen. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer might have a completely different legislature to work with in her second two years of, of this first term, which will fundamentally alter the landscape uh, in Lansing, especially as it is around things like road funding, which we apparently are going nowhere quickly on. Mm -hmm. Um, Nowhere slow, perhaps, is a better uh, (laughs) way to put it.
1: It's a bumpy road. It it is
0: indeed. Um, That's going to change everything in terms of the agenda and and the willingness to, quote-unquote, compromise that the Republicans suggest they want to do. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting
2: when you talk about – I mean – Michigan's considered a blue state still, even though it lost. Uh, Trump, Trump won it, but it's— color is Trump anyway? I yeah, mean. <laughs> Trump, Trump <laughs> is, it, Sort of like a fuchsia? I don't had, know what you has, call that. He is not an ideologue by any means, but, uh, but what you see is every—there's an, uh, an alter they alternate from Democrat to Republican. I mean, we had Blanchard, then we had Engler then, you know, Granholm, and then, you know, Rick Snyder, and now we have a Democrat again. So it's interesting how, how even, I mean, it's Michi- Michi- Michigan <laughs> can go e- either way, but it, it has leaned generally more blue than red.
1: Well, that's, which is why I, I call it a purple state because you're right. It it, it goes back and forth. We have, um, we've alternated the governor's office for the last however many years. I've only lived here for 15, so I've, you know, through two this is my third governor that I'm on now, but it's, you know, it's, and you don't want to, I mean, you don't want to completely shut out the party that's not in power. I mean, people who live in Northern Michigan and, you know, ride motorcycles. I mean, if they want a Republican representative, they should have one. Um, Nobody's talking about, about turning the upper peninsula blue or the Northern lower peninsula blue. Um, But at the same time, the idea that, A predominant – or a a legislature that is dominated by rural Republicans can have that much power in a state which is dealing with some significant urban problems is – it's a little – it's a galling. Right, well, right.
0: interestingly enough, speaking of galling, uh, the Michigan GOP has sent out a fundraising letter around this issue already. Uh, I was reading about this this morning.
1: That's what fundraising is. Talking
0: about activist judges trying to steal the legislature away from the Republicans, and I had to remind some people that, of course, one of the judges that ruled uh, on this case was, of course, a George W. Bush appointee. Okay. So I'm wondering what world we are living in when George W. Bush appointees are now liberal activist judges. That tells you how far we have jumped the shark. Right, oh, yeah. right. It's, right. it's mm-hmm. insane, you know? Oh, and just it, it, there's no possibility of anybody being honest and maybe suggesting maybe suggesting that these justices were doing their jobs, interpreting the law and looking at the evidence in front of them, and making a rational reasoned decision, which is what they are supposed to do, not bend to the person that appointed them right i rant over
2: okay right. I was well well, say. we saw that in the Supreme Court with uh what's what's uh, the Supreme Court justice who who was a Republican. Who was? They were trying to squeeze her out because she was going to vote to to allow the, yeah. the gerrymandering yeah, vote right. to go forward. It's all her and, fault. Yeah. And, and you talk about, I mean, talking about people trying to exclude a judge, trying to basically tell the judge, you rule this way, or you're not going to get our support. I mean, I, yeah, how, I, how dangerous. Of, I do believe I really how dangerous that is that, at that? A time as well. Yeah. Well,
0: speaking of of dangerous. Um, You guys mentioned Dana Nessel a little bit earlier on. Of course, our Attorney General, she is no stranger to controversy. Mm -hmm. Um, She obviously has been very open about her very left positions on a number of issues. And she made the uh, statement the other day that if Michigan passes an anti-abortion bill, she's not going to enforce it. This now has led State Senator Mike Shirky, of course the Republican leader in the Senate, to suggest that they have not ruled out impeaching Dana Nessel for... Her failure, as they say, to uphold the law. Now, granted, she hasn't done anything yet because this law hasn't been passed. Uh, But what about the specter of the Republicans threatening uh, a duly elected official with impeachment before any evidence of any suggested crimes has even come up?
1: Well, I guess if you – my guess would be that if you ask that question of Mike Shirky, he would say take it up with Rashida Tlaib." I mean that – I think this is is a show gesture. There's no way they're going to impeach a sitting attorney general. I mean we would have to – the evidence – that all ags do this to at least some extent is overwhelming, and for the same party that uh, remember what um, uh, the pop, the vote to uh, repeal the emergency financial manager law when when that happened an overwhelming. Uh, victory for the the people who proposed that, and what did the legislature turn around and do? Yeah, they right. changed
0: it. Well, they've done that on a number of things too. They passed so,
1: another law and added an so appropriation. She to it, so she is not doing be- what
0: they want. So they are punishing her by taking money away from her budget, right. Threatening her with potential impeachment here, um, and suggesting that you know her failure to do what the law mandates is reason for doing so, which would mean that anybody that was involved in any overturning of citizen-approved referenda measures should also. Probably face the same punishment, shouldn't they? <laughs> By that, am logic. I applying logic again?
1: <laughs> don't don't apply logic. Well, anymore. it
0: just it, it's one of those things. I, I I understand that you don't agree with the, her stance, but you know that's what happens when you lose elections, right? So elections have consequences, right. yes. And and you know, they've screwed up a whole bunch of things that citizens wanted, and so if they do this again. This reminds me of when Oakland County lost the commission. The Republicans lost the commission, so they just changed the structure of the commission and redrew <laughs> the lines so that the Republicans could keep control. And when I asked the guy who was responsible for that move in the legislature why he was doing it, he said, Cause because I just don't like the Democrats. I don't think they're good.
1: Yeah. Well, because that's not a good enough
2: reason. Sounds fair. Because
1: we can is a um, is a blunt instrument. Well, in- it's
2: like the logic of the uh, the guy who's going to prison for three to six years for killing his dog. When they asked him why you killed killed your dog he said i "I just didn't get along with him." <laughs> He didn't
1: just kill the dog,
2: <laughs> right? That guy was awful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was. But,
0: he was terrible. And so, but
1: yeah, I but didn't so, get along with him. So I, so we impeach her. I don't think this is ever going to happen. I think this is an empty threat.
0: But, but it is an empty threat. But but why make the threat in the first place, right? We have a very fragile Excellent relationship question. between the legislature and and the leadership uh, in Lansing at the governor's office. Uh, we've got some big things that we need to fix. you start going down this road right now, what's the likelihood that we'll actually get anything done? Because their budget proposal, again. No tax increase for the roads, no mention of it anywhere, cutting Nestle's budget, uh, threatening Jocelyn Benson's budget as well, and it just seems like this is a hyper-partisan sort of game that they're playing here to try to bully people.
1: Well, maybe they know that their time is limited thanks to this (laughs) Well, They did this before. I know they did. Maybe they got wind of that ruling. I'm not
0: sure, but I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen, but uh, all right, so— Shall we move on?
1: Let's move on. Perhaps
0: Let's move on to, you know, we love politics in Lansing. We love politics at the national level, but sometimes local politics— are the most fun to watch. Um, I would absolutely agree with. That. And and nowhere more so than perhaps Warren, Michigan. Yeah, Jim Warren. Fouts filed for reelection. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He is seeking a fifth term. Oh, speaking of changing the rules when you don't know, like them, right, right? Warren voters back in nineteen ninety eight, if I'm not mistaken, put in a term limits law, and then he went back and got his bu- buddies to change it right. so oh, he sure. could run again. So he's now seeking a fifth term as Warren mayor, right. despite a number of <laughs> unflattering moments mm-hmm. in his political life. Right. Yeah. Uh, and now there are, are nine. You, are candidates. you
1: suggesting that unflattering moments in a person's life are suddenly grounds for not being uh, elected? I mean, are you have you been have you been asleep since twenty fifteen? <laughs> <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. Everybody, does. well, you know, in,
2: what's in, funny, in my
1: in
0: my in my dream America, this yeah. stuff still matters. Yeah, I apparently
2: get it. it doesn't. Well, yeah. look, I mean, there's 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 loyalty to. I mean, we see it all across the country. I mean, Mary and Barry. Um, you know, got right. busted Set me <laughs> up, went, bitch, set me <laughs> up. Yeah, <laughs> to went, went, that. To, went to prison, came back, got elected. And and But he served his time. He, he got elected re, he got elected again as mayor and and really the only way that he he got moved out of there is that uh Congress created a a uh, basically an emergency manager to oversee everything and by the end they had taken away everything except i think he was still ahead of the parks and recreation department (laughs) and and other than that you know he had no control over the police department he had no control and his friends finally said uh it's time it's time to go and so but nobody has told uh mayor Fouts that it's time to go and apparently he's got a following and and there is some level of competence but it's like you know, with with what cost? It's the same that, you know, we're, we're seeing with President Trump. It's like maybe there's some good things happening, but look what he's done to the presidency. Look how the, his behavior is so— Offensive to many people, not all. Some people think it's great, but...
1: Are you suggesting that the mayor of <laughs> Warren should be some sort of, like, you know, paragon of uh, <laughs> of decency? I mean, right. well, this is Warren we're talking about. Right, right. right? No, I mean, right. not, to, not to disparage Warren. It's a cheap joke. But you're right. I mean... He's got his constituency. He has his fans, and he what, makes the
2: city run. I mean, it, it, despite all the ugliness of, of his hey, statements. the trains
0: running on time has never been a good reason to keep right. somebody in
2: office, remember, as we know. It, well, his, it, it never has, but it, it, it has on the other
1: remember year. his Facebook post after I believe Amazon had rejected New York City. He said, "Come to the city with the best fun balance in Michigan." So they got a good the fun and balance. What LED and so, lights in right, the streets? Yeah, that's right. You know, I think right. this, but this is something that I think we're going to. Have to consider. Um, Mayor Fouts has. I mean, we. His public uh, persona is kind of creepy. You know, he's this old dude with. Hair plugs? Does he have hair plugs? I don't know what he has. It, he's he's strange looking. Okay, he, he apparently he
0: strangely looks like the cold miser these days from the uh, wonderful the yeah, you
2: know, Santa he's, Claus I mean, special. In, we had him on the in zip large, <laughs> in large. Look Looked like Beavis and ButtHead. No, That's I know. Right, in
1: large part, a person doesn't have a great deal of control over their looks, but you know, it's his. It's that. It's his his very very young girlfriend. Um, it's the the remarks he makes in his office. But keep in mind those. Those were recorded secretly, right, by somebody who probably had a phone in their pocket and you know mm-hmm. got him talking about you know people with Down syndrome and so forth. And I think there's a, a risk of blowback when something like that happens because we all say things in the privacy of our own. Do you offices. say what he said? No, I don't say what okay. he said. But oh I'm sure it's, of all the things that I've said, I've, you know, in a in an office setting in my home. Somebody is going to find something in there that they don't I, like. Well,
0: potentially, I, but, you know... I, none of us are perfect. They was, were not jokes. <laughs> I know. No, no, no. they no, were not was, jokes. It was
2: pretty vile. I, know, I, I, th- vile. I think his biggest fear at this point is that if he loses the mayor's job, that he won't be able to date young women. Oh. <laughs> I mean... Because Mayor be... of
0: Warren is just a <laughs> chick magnet, Well, right there. apparently
2: it's, it's worked, and we want to know his secrets.
1: He is seventy-six, though, and um, I don't want to use this as a ham-handed transition into Joe Biden announcing for um, president. <laughs> but it's seventy-six. When I mean, do we believe in retirement in this country anymore for politicians? I, guess well, I don't not. think most of us can. So well, I'll
2: be working until I'm seventy-six. You see, by just the way, uh, the Washington Post did a story where they interviewed Anita Hill because apparently before. before Joe Biden announced he called up Anita Hill to apologize, and she said that she found it very uh, unsatisfactory. Yes. Right. uh, So... Yeah. Well, you know they're they're
0: going to lose the family joke. Oh, is it Joe? You know, every time that somebody knocks on the door, oh, is it Joe Biden coming to apologize?
1: <laughs> so, so if he actually does,
0: the joke doesn't work anymore. Yeah. All so right, that's hey,
1: two seventy six year olds, go
0: ahead. We need to take a break though. We'll okay. come back to this notion in just a second. Uh, lots of comments coming in on Facebook as we do this live today, which I appreciate as well. Uh, we have Nick who says. Alas, this country tends to only use blunt instruments. That's yeah. about right. Okay. That's where we are right now. So I appreciate that. Uh, let us know what you think about the conversation. We'll be right back on The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit, the week that was. I, if only I could speak like Walter Cronkite, it'd be great. Uh, that's the way it was. That's right. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Craig Folly Show is made possible in part by Deadline Detroit, one-stop shopping for all your news. Also, home to Deadline Detroit TV, which includes The Zip, a weekly wrap-up of the week's news with some humor. Deadline Detroit, one-stop shopping for all your news. All right, this is the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Alan Lengel and Nancy Derringer from Deadline are here with me today for, of course, the week that was where we take a look back. All right, we had uh, somebody who wanted to tell a Marion Berry joke. Actually got a, and, and Nancy got wants couple, to talk about 76 year olds. I, I, I have a couple
2: of quick Marion Berry <laughs> stories. But one of them was I was doing a story on Ben's Chili Bowl, which was sort of an institution there on New Street. Of course New it Street
0: is. And, Kwame helped make it famous in Detroit. Yeah, everybody.
2: Bill Cosby was a, a regular there and friends with the family. And <laughs> it's so, a real I was, group so I was. So
0: I. The uh, Trifecta. Yeah. Of I, honor.
2: <laughs> I, I, did a, uh, I did a 40th anniversary piece, so I was interviewing a bunch of people, including Mary and Barry, and he gave me one of the best lines. I, I always love this line. I, I, he said, Ben's chili bowls f- for everyone. It's for people who've been to Morehouse and people who got no house. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, one other thing here's a little journalistic thing. Interestingly, when I first got to the Washington Post in 1997, uh, I'd been there maybe three, four months, and In retrospect, I would have maybe put up a fight about doing this assignment, but Marion Barry was mayor again, and he was saying that he was living a clean life, he was loyal to his wife, and meanwhile, you know, some of the City Hall reporters said, no, he's got girlfriends here and there, so they sent me to do uh, stakeouts, and I remember, I I remember sitting about a half, uh, about a half a block from the house where his alleged girlfriend was, and it was about about a block from the train station there on North Capitol. And I just remember calling friends and going, you know, you can't believe what they got me doing. (laughs) And and fortunately he never showed up. But I always thought like, what if he did show up? What do I have to jump in the bedroom? And like, (laughs) You just jump out of the car. What are you doing, Mayor Barry? Right, you know, right. uh, yeah,
0: yeah. We to have we
1: have we have experience with that in uh, locally uh, in recent months. Yes, so yes, yeah, right we, do. yes okay, we do. Yes, we do. Moving on. Uh, that they a private. They had a private called. eye to do that, though.
0: Yeah, know, they do. Did. So right. They didn't use you know their talent to go out there and, and, sure. and right. stay set it
2: out there for many All hours.
0: Right. So Nancy, we're going to go to you on this one because you wrote a column that got a lot of attention uh, oh, for right. Deadline this week about one well, uh, Sanford Nelson, who's a person that his real estate company's been buying up a lot of Eastern Market. Uh, there is now the real prospect that the Russell Street Deli may be closing as a result of their failure to negotiate a new lease or work out some conflicts with the lease mm-hmm. with Sanford Nelson. Uh, you suggested that he stop being such a schmuck, I think yeah. is the phrase that you used. Um, you know, this is, this is one of those things that not everybody's on board with this whole new Detroit idea, but this is one that seems to be getting a lot of people converted to that sort of mindset.
1: Well, and it's funny because... Eastern Market is one of those neighborhoods where I believe New Detroit and Old Detroit get along pretty well, okay? I mean, you have not only the New Detroit places like the Detroit City Distillery and, you know, the the dog place, the pet supply place that sells $80 collars made by Shinola, and, you know, <laughs> the uh, the Sapino's Pizza, and all these places that I think you could call New Detroit. And then you have the old Detroit places, like Burt's Marketplace, and you used to have Farmer's Restaurant. The Vivios.
2: Yeah, the Vivios,
1: stuff. exactly. And then, you know, the food and the market days and everything else. And so it's like it's one place where – It's not midtown, it's not that awful the tin roof place opening at Chelly's Chili. I mean it's a great it's a great melding of the two, right? And on Saturdays you can see everybody in Detroit is there. You know, you see poor people who are buying with, you know, food stamps and you can see wealthy people who are like buying, you know, weird greens. It's just a great place the way it is. And so why this guy and This guy came in, you know, Sanford Nelson and his investors, who include, I think, Larry Mongo and uh, the the Foss guy. And anyway, and they come in and they start buying buildings. And, you know, there's no crime in that. Um, A lot of these buildings have not had significant maintenance for quite some time. Um, I understand that he's going to have to get more money out of them if he's going to keep them up. But to immediately pick a fight with a place that has been there for 20-some years that is beloved by everybody who sits in there, who uh, a place that pays its workers well, that offers some health insurance. I mean, to pick a fight with them, of all people, and to do it publicly just strikes me as really well, dumb. Was it public? Did they publicly pick the fight with them? I mean, that's the question, because who
0: who went to the media first on this one?
1: Well, I believe Ben Hall went to the – the Russell Street Deli guy yes. went to the media first on this. but And and he did record – he, yeah. he pulled a mare fouts. He did record this conversation, but at the same time um, – the idea that the tenant is responsible for significant structural building repair in a in a building that they're renting space in, um, I think that is absolutely... Yeah,
0: typically, you would do this in a court if, if there indeed right. was, was. If you feel that the tenant was responsible for the damage to the place and you right. want to get that money right. out of them, right. yes, you take care of that in court. Do it quietly. Because nobody wins right. in this publicity war because Russell Street Deli is, again, one of those things. People are going to rally behind it no matter what the truth is around this story. Right, And so, you know the PR battle has been lost by Mr. Nelson already.
1: Well, and that's that's my point. It's like, get a good PR team and let them advise you. Take, listen to their advice and take it before you do any more of these kinds of things. Because well, you know, you're going to go down in local
2: history as the guy who ruined a tri- of the, Eastern Market. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, they're buying up... While some, fixing it up in many instances, yeah. too. I mean, it's right. going to... Well, in you know, some of those buildings, look, if They're, buy, it, they're buying a lot of properties there. Sure. And it just makes sense that the the iconic places there like Russell Deli, Sapino, which hasn't been there for that long, but has really become such an institution, Everybody such a popular it. spot. Right. And you leave those alone. What are you going to make? For what you're going to make a little extra money on the rent, you're going to lose on on public image. And if you care at all about that, and maybe you don't, look at look at Maddie Maroon. I mean, it's almost like uh, the this Maroons the, finally got rid of the, the Maddie, train station. The Maddie
1: Maroon School of of uh, pro- Property Management, here. right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> and it's like there's there's not a lot of foreth- forethought going into it. But Maddie Maroon now, it's almost like Detroit's looking for a new Maddie Maroon, and here is you know the Nelson's coming in, and and I don't know if it's fair to say that, but you know, I mean Maddie Maroon had that train station forever. And then interestingly- you Made a when, whole bunch of money on it when it when, sold too. When they sold it, they suddenly, the sun was trying to come off as his visionary. Well, we were just looking for the right buyer. No, they were they were land speculators right. who held well, on to that forever. And they're, they're about and to cash in it. at the Chrysler plant too. So, yeah. I mean, you know- And left it smart. as, you know, in, in disrepair for so long. Sure. Like the Illich's really, I mean- Well, we're know, gonna get to them next. They, for 15 years, you know, collecting all this uh, property, and detroit did not need the Illiches to develop that area that area even without the stadium would have been developing i, I lived there for a year and a half and that area was begging to be the next they had uh, their finger on spot. the scale yeah. though yeah.
0: well and i think actually there were a lot of people that were i mean i knew that there was going to be a hockey arena there 10 before 10 years before it happened it was pretty obvious that that's what they wanted to do. The Joe was not going to be long for this world. Mm-hmm. And that property was available. And at the time, there was still that motel. Joe was a that was terrible. Mm-hmm. I,
2: I thought it was a terrible Well, stadium. they didn't put
0: a press box in there. I well, forgot. They that had that to that, add it later. It was
2: dangerous. There were steps about this wide and when you walked uh, you know when you go to the palace you, you would walk up the steps you didn't have to look down the whole time yeah. here you see little people and then you see some older people really having a hard time navigating those steps I thought it was dangerous there you go he advocating mm-hmm. for seniors again there Alan <laughs> <laughs> hey, but uh,
0: no but seriously you know Illich uh HBO puts out this this special on, on Real Sports, mm-hmm. taking a look at whether or not they have met any of the claims that they said they're they going to meet uh, when it comes to the district Detroit, especially when it comes to housing. Mm-hmm. We have lots of parking. We have an arena functioning, a mm-hmm. few restaurants in there. Uh, the backlash against the Illiches is pretty strong. They declined to go on the record for the actual report mm-hmm. then issued a statement a day later that basically said that they were wrong about certain things but still didn't include any information about when some housing might get done in the area. And they,
1: they didn't include what, they, what was inaccurate. You know, they yeah. called it sensationalized and inaccurate and then just and then just walked away. I mean, they didn't say, well, what was inaccurate about it? You know, where is your plan for the district, of Detroit? When are you going to put these things
2: up? Well, the, the, And I think
1: that's because the answer is never. The, <laughs>
2: the Illiches are used to, they, they came in there when nobody was really developing Detroit. They bought the Fox Theater. They, brought, they moved their headquarters. And they're used to the adulation and, and getting away with, I mean, the Free Press reported a while ago that they had owed up to $80 million in TV revenue from the Joe, which they never paid, they had lawyers going in and, and, and nuancing every little word to try to get out of it, and they did. And and in the end, I think it was during the the uh, emergency manager time, they paid about five million dollars to make everything go away. They weren't in bankruptcy, no. You know, no, they were, they they were did, paying they five really cents well. on the dollar. Right. Uh, it, it's just
1: i know
0: well and and perhaps not coincidentally i just i was i was looking at this i found this on the web this morning there's an opening for a pr director for the illich family of <laughs> companies right okay. so somebody well. somebody may have made a bad choice and uh, therefore they're looking for someone else so all my right. pr friends out there there may be a gig they're, for you good luck with that their one.
2: pr their pr is 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 terrible and and they're very heavy-handed behind the scenes and trying to like pressure people not to do print certain things and
0: Mm -hmm. all the billionaires
2: and and i've had some experience with that
0: all right well we've only got a couple of minutes left here and i want to point out one of the features that we do every you know every day on deadline detroit is the photo of the day and i thought this one was great because it was a totally nondescript photo and for me it was just like okay why is there a picture of a wall here then i realized what it was It was a payphone, an actual payphone that Alan, you stumbled across somewhere in Troy. In Troy. And realized what a novelty this is
2: these days.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And where was it? It
2: was on Maple. It was a doctor's office
0: there. And an actual payphone on the wall. And it looked like,
2: I mean, it looked like in good shape. Usually, I mean, if you see a payphone, it's like the the, the handle, yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's like so (laughs) dirty. But it it was still there. And I thought, you know, and and I put the little caption, I said, the 20th century is called. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that was. That was a funny And the interesting thing about it, I immediately started thinking, you know, my son is 19 years old. I,
0: you know. We had rotary phones that we purposely brought back into the newsroom at WDET just because we thought they were neat, and the ringing was loud enough that people would actually answer it. So, um, But I was yeah, like thinking, there's a whole generation of kids that have never had a landline, mm-hmm. um, never had any kind of phone other than a smartphone, mm-hmm. and would they know how to use it?
1: But they well, know to I use a payphone they, because you'd have to know the number. I believe there's actually a viral video out there of right. two kids <laughs> that are about 19 with a with a rotary phone in front of them, and whoever was doing the thing said, "You have 10 minutes to to call this number," right. and the, and they they didn't make it.
2: Right, and they yeah, finally they <laughs> figure out like when you. You go all the way around, put your finger in the seven, and go like that. And, well, I mean, but you know, typewriters is another thing now. I mean, some people have never seen a typewriter, and to explain, like, okay, this metal little letter presses up against our ink ribbon, and I mean, it's it's amazing, really, what you. What you think about. I did too. Hey, oh. I,
0: I, you know, IBM Selectric. So what we first had in the newsroom when I started those things you could fly so on So electrics one of those. are
1: great but I'll tell you what and the I ball really did electric I electric enjoy rolls. I yeah. really enjoyed those old Underwood Manuals that we had in my college newspaper, and they, we used to fight over particular. Hey, ones. kids! They yeah. also
0: like bit of honeys and where there's original. They call the candy that you don't eat anymore. they're dogs! Well,
1: remember when we were talking on opening day? Somebody was giving away crack boxes of Cracker Jack. Yes, right. and we were talking about how um you know it's just, it's like the the, the the prize is all wrong now, and it just isn't the same. And I wonder how many kids know when these when the when they stand up during the seventh inning and sing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game," what Cracker Jack actually is.
0: You know? It's good. It's caramel corn, kids. It caramel is. corn with some peanuts in there and they put these little prizes in there. Yeah. Sometimes the prizes Candy are good colors, and now they're all online. Popcorn. This should be a comeback. Peanuts and a prize. (laughs) That's
1: what you get in Cracker Jack. See, I can remember all these stupid... Wow. I can't remember my own phone number, but I can remember all these jingles from when I was a little kid. Well, then the payphone is not going to work for you. No, it absolutely (laughs) won't. Although I had a good memory for those.
2: Go ahead.
0: We do have to wrap up. Okay. It is time to wrap up the week that was. And uh, hey, quick reminder, on Monday, we'll have the Monday Follies. We're going to be doing it right here. I've got some good guests lined up for that on Monday. Uh, I've got to come up through some of the funnier news of the week. And there was... Oh, my favorite was the story of the woman who shot her husband. She was a 68-year-old woman, shot her husband and maimed him. She's going to jail for like 16 years Mm -hmm. for killing her husband because she found porn on his computer she oh, called really? it adultery with pictures <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, thought, I thought the punchline was gonna be i didn't like him anymore okay. we didn't get along <laughs> that's a usually
0: lot. the answer I, I but that's lot. gonna be on monday so everybody thank wow. you for checking it out and uh, if you like what we're doing let us know appreciate the comments that came in on the page today share it with your friends <laughs> let them know that we're doing this every friday here the week that was with of course myself alan langle and nancy derringer from deadline detroit We appreciate it very much. Thanks to Michael Lucido for engineering the broadcast once again, and thanks to all of you for checking it out. We'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Mad Dog Professional Services. Mad Dog Professional Services focuses on putting their clients on the leading edge of technology faster than thought possible to capture new revenue streams. That's Mad Dog Professional Services.